Currency Welcome. I'm Mike Gaston, and I am your host. Glad to have you guys along. This is episode number 101. The date is October 10th, Sunday, 2021. And uh, we're quickly approaching the holiday season. And the holidays are kind of apropos for what I want to talk about today. We're talking about the Branch Covidians. But you know, the holidays uh, are really a way to provide almost a liturgy for life. If you think about the holidays, especially as an adult, I think we do as children, we get really focused on the holiday, but as an adult, you kind of think about what time of year it is, where you are in the cycle of a year based on the various holidays. And and, and historically, holidays tend to be religious, even Thanksgiving with the, the one that we're coming up on next, my favorite holiday. Love the food, love the family, the friends. It's just, it's just, it brings it all together for me. And, uh, but Thanksgiving coming up, you know, in, in, in theory, really a religious holiday. It's a time to give thanks to God. Uh, supposedly the story, the narrative, uh, how true it is, uh, is arguable. You know, the pilgrims, the settlers came through this really difficult winter where they almost died. Their Indian neighbors, their Native American neighbors, uh, helped them through that winter. And they got together afterwards threw down some food, brought their neighbors over, and gave thanks to God. That's Thanksgiving. you got Thanksgiving. You've got Christmas. You've got the New Year. You've got uh, Lenten season. You've got Easter. I mean, there are all these Christian holidays. And of course, there's some civic holidays as well. And I, I know some people like to argue, oh, you know, these Christian holidays were originally pagan, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. I mean, that's fine. That may or may not be true. But even the pagan holidays had a religious concept behind them. They weren't uh, atheistic holidays. They were celebrations to whatever gods and the harvest and all that kind of stuff. But my point here being is that there is kind of a sacred aspect to holidays and they provide this, this liturgy for life. They help you order your life. This is why when you go to a church, there's a liturgy of the service. There's an order to the service. And the idea is that these orders, this order to a religious service, a liturgy for your daily life, a liturgy for your year in and year out living helps you to orient and align yourself as a Christian to the reality of your God. Help you focus. That's why the church, uh, you know, and I'm talking about the Orthodox church, the Catholics used to do this. Um, They become a lot less so, but a lot less liturgical, but the Orthodox Church, you know, you're you're fasting during certain seasons. You're you're giving up certain foods at certain times. Then you're celebrating and having feasts at other times, and that that happens all throughout the year. And the idea, I believe, I'm not Orthodox, but the idea, I believe, is that you are able now to keep your mind, your emotions, your body oriented towards God through these various things that you're doing, whether you're fasting, giving things up, whether you're focusing, remembering certain things, whether you're uh, repenting at certain times or whether you're celebrating and feasting, this is to help the, the individuals and then corporately the body, the church, to be oriented together towards the reality of the king on the throne. And I would argue that this is something that has been bequeathed to us that we celebrate. And this goes beyond Christian times. The Jews were celebrating feast days and, and, and repentance days and fasting well before Christ came on the scene uh, on the earth. 
I would argue other religions did the same thing, that this is part of being a human being, that you tend to try to order your life around the truth of your reality. And I don't mean that in a subjective sense. I don't mean like your personal reality. But mankind throughout the millennia has done things, celebrated things, set up holidays and so on to, to order their lives, structure their lives. And I know as postmoderns, it's all relative for us. We like to throw out any tradition. We see tradition as just boring, bad, you know, stultifying and restricting. But there's something powerful about a liturgy of life. And so we're coming up to the holiday season. I've just been thinking about the religious nature of holidays. And I've been looking at my own life and asking myself questions, you know, how is my life ordered? Now, I'm not going into a whole discussion today, just be forewarned if you're listening about why you should have a liturgy for your life or why you should, you know, become uh, a Christian or why you should uh, think that the Orthodox way is superior to the Roman Catholic way, which is superior to the Protestant way. I'm not making any of those arguments today. That's not what this is about, but I'm kind of setting the, the stage a little bit here, the context of how important liturgy and, re and religion and religious practice is for mankind. And we're, we've kind of told ourselves that we are free of that now in this society. We're very proud of the fact that we're free of it, that we don't need that anymore, that, that science has shown us that there is no God and that through the power of, of science, that we can overcome any obstacle. We don't need God to heal us anymore. We don't need God to fight our battles anymore. We don't need God to cure us of our sicknesses or to, or to lift our spirits anymore. We don't need God to feed us or to cover us or to shelter us. That we can do all these things ourselves through the power of science and science applied as technology. And so we like to fancy ourselves a people free of religion and the trappings of all that nonsense all that manipulative, mind-shrinking, controlling, deceptive nonsense of religion. I mean, look at the past, people will argue. Look at how the Pope back in the day used to abuse people and control people and, you know, pillage and plunder. They'd take all their property. They'd take their money. They'd keep them fearful that they'd go to hell if they didn't do what the Pope said. Look at all that garbage. It was for weak and feebled minds. But now, since we have science, since, since the enlightenment has happened, since we can, through reason and the power of empirical uh, understanding of the world and empirical testing and empirical uh, models such as the scientific method, we can overcome all that stuff. And there is nothing that science can't fix given enough time. Because mankind, now that he has the tool of science, is enlightened. He knows the truth, the real truth. And we don't need religion anymore. Mankind is now free of religion. Now this shows up, this argument shows up most explicitly in the new atheists, the people like Sam Harris and so on, who argue for atheism. And I would say almost evangelize for it. How ironic. Uh, because they're saying, look, mankind, most of our problems are traced back to religion. All these religions are killing each other. They've got all these, you know, women are being abused. Homosexuals are abused. People are repressed. They can't be happy. Like this world is so effed up because of religion. That's the kind of the argument of the, of the, uh, of the new atheists, guys like Sam Harris and, and his lot. 
But I think the average person these days, even if they grew up with a bit of a religious background, if they get a little bit of a cultural kind of connection to religion, maybe they come from a family, maybe there's a preacher down, you know, down the line, but nowadays it's like, my parents never really went to church. My grandparents kind of, you know, but like, I just, it's just not for me. Like, I think there's a lot of people like that. It's more common than not. I see it even in the South, you know, you talk about the South being very religious and yeah, there's a lot of churches down here. Uh, there's a lot of folks that like to go to church and so on, but it's not like everybody over here is passing the offertory plate. A lot of people out mowing their lawn and washing their cars on a Sunday. We really are a society that has become secular. And I think we're very proud of the fact that we don't need religion anymore. And yeah, if you want religion, that's fine. That's for you. But you know, that, that means there's something wrong with you. You're weak weak-minded. You somehow need this God to get you through. You don't have what it takes to cope. You don't have what it takes to be kind. You need the threat of hell or some God that's going to punish you to force you so that you're nice to people so that you, because you're afraid you won't go to heaven if you're not nice. There's all this kind of thinking behind this. But in today's episode, in the Branch Covidian episode, I want to dispel and disabuse you of the idea that you, my friend, are free of religion. If you're sitting there listening to this and you are secular, which that's cool. But if you are one of these people, I would even argue a lot of Christians these days, they're Christian in name only. They're not necessarily people of faith. But I want to make an argument that you are living in a highly religious society and that religion has nothing to do with Christ. You are living in and even embracing and participating in a highly religious society. Hence the name, the Branch Covidians. It's just a little bit of a, pro, a play. Uh, almost 30 years ago, there was quite a thing. There was a guy named David Koresh down in Waco, Texas. He was running a kind of a cult. It's kind of weird. It was like, I don't even know what he was into, but they were, you know, they were into personal defense. I think they were running weapons. They were doing all kinds of stuff. I'm not here to criticize or to, or to defend the Branch Covidians, but David Koresh had this group of people down in Waco, Texas, and they had a compound. And they had parents there, they had children there, but it was this kind of weird, you know, weird religious group. Well, uh, this was during the Bill Clinton administration. Uh, Janet Reno was the attorney general, and uh, they got wind that there were children at risk and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's arguments as to was the intel correct or not? Were the Branch Covidian, Dave, Branch Davidian, sorry, being uh, unfairly kind of characterized, whatever the case may be, the government goons, the FBI, you know, local police, the media, everybody descended on Waco, Texas. And Janet Reno's FBI and, and the Clinton administration mishandled this so badly, they ended up killing, and there's some arguments here, between 75 and 85 adults and children, including Koresh. They opened fire, the place burnt to the ground. Like they just, they just screwed it up. This is an example of your government upset with its own citizens and coming in full metal jacket. They're just coming in hot and they did not de-escalate. They escalated the situation. You had all these, you know, top gun type guys. I know I'm mixing my metaphors. It's air force and Flyboys, but the long and short of it is they did not successfully de-escalate and, and keep those children safe. They killed everybody. 
There's people burned alive inside that compound because of our government. I use the name Branch Covidian because the Branch Davidians were a cult. I think we're looking at something similar here. And I'm not just talking about COVID. But, you know, religions, as I talked about, have liturgies. Religions have sacraments. Holy things you do to bring you closer to your God. And I think if you look at the world around you right now, you have a world filled with prophets and priests and sacraments and liturgies, sins, acceptable behavior, you know, behavior that's going to get you points with the big guy and behavior that's going to end up damning you forever for eternity. That's what you see in typical religion. And people have been so cocksure that science will deliver us from religion. And all it has done is delivered us into a different religion. Look at the world around. You. There's a parallel here. And if, you, if you're listening to me, just think about this for a minute. I mean, conservatives have been arguing for a while that abortion is like the holy sacrament. It's the same as the Eucharist for the, for the Christian church. It's like abortion is like, is the left's Eucharist. And it's horrible. I understand it's horrible, but just, just bear with me here. It is the one thing that they refuse at any moment to ever even consider giving up. It's like, it's like, it's like their holy thing. You can't touch it. It's untouchable. It's non-negotiable. But I think we have more sacraments coming. Like in the, in the Christian church, there are multiple sacraments, you, you know, the, the Eucharist, but you have other sacraments, sacrament of penance, uh, last rites, sacrament of marriage, all these different sacraments. Well, I, I look at the world right now and I'm like, getting your vax is like a sacrament. It's like making your first communion if you, if, and making your first penance. If you don't, your first confession, if you don't get the vax, it's like you can't participate. You're not in the church. If you don't get the vax, you're not in the church. And not only do you not just have to get it once, but now you're going to have to get it on a regular basis, just like going to church to get communion. You have to believe. And the thing about this vax is you have to take it on faith. We've never had this vax before. We've never had this technology before. We've been trying for decades to make this messenger RNA technology to work and always to disastrous effects, disastrous results. Horrible results. Do some research. Look at the dengue fever project that was done, I believe, in the Philippines. I think in Indonesia, I think Philippines. There's been a number of these mRNA projects that have been tested and had to be shut down because it was, it was really bad for the people in those trials. But now all of a sudden, everybody in America has to get this vax. No questions asked. No right to know. No right to question. No right to hold the makers of the vax accountable. You have to take this vax on faith. Because why? Because the prophets and priests told you that this is what God requires. Remember Governor Hochul last time we talked about her? God wants you to get the vax. Yeah, absolutely. God meaning the state. You can listen to episode 100 if you don't know what I'm talking about. But Hochul conflates the God Almighty of Scripture, the God of the heavens, with the state because, well, she's a Marxist. All the left, the unholy left, equates the state with God. 
The state is the manifestation of God on earth. And the people as a collective must bow down. You're being told that you have to take this vax on faith. There's no proof. And any proof that comes out to the contrary of the goodness of the vax is squashed. It's squelched. It's attacked. It's buried. There's like 15,000 people, according to the VAERS report, I want to say 15,000, that have died directly, directly from the VAX. 15,000. There are tens of thousands of other issues. There are hundreds of thousands of serious side effects being reported. And the VAERS report only captures 1% to 2% of what's going on. There are doctors that are coming out now saying, I've never even heard of VAERS. What is that? And then when they tried to implement VAERS as they're tracking, like they're seeing all these people come in hundreds a week with issues related to the VAX, heart issues and so on, they start recording. And then what happens? Their administration gets in touch with them and says, hey, you better slow your roll, buster. Folks, you got to wake up. This is not just some innocuous inoculation. And we're being told, we're being forced on faith to take this thing. This is like the Muslims taking over a country and putting a gun to your head and saying, do you swear to Allah? You know, and you're sitting there with a bullet in the chamber just waiting to go into your brain. What are you going to say? So you're either going to be a martyr and say Jesus Christ is king, or you're going to shut up and you're going to say, yes, Allah is a great God. Always thought Allah was a great guy. Love Allah. Glad you guys finally got here. What took you so long? <laughs> but that's what we're being told. We're being told you got to take this thing on faith. It's a sacrament. You got to take this thing on faith. And don't worry, if you take it, you will be what? You will be saved. But what about the people that got COVID and have natural immunity? No, 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 no. That's not good enough. You can't go through the natural way. You have to take the vax. It's bizarre. This, this behavior is so strange. And I just want to draw out, and, I, and forgive me if I'm redundant or boring or whatever. Forgive me. But we were told that science was going to set us free. Back in the 1700s, when the Enlightenment was in full swing, actually the late 1600s, you know, late 17th century, they came up with this scientific method. And we were told that this was going to set us free. The philosophers, the thinkers, the scientists, you know, they, they, a lot of these guys were still uh, respectful of God, but that, you know, some of these guys like Hume and whatever, they couldn't wait to get out from under the church. Hume, H-U-M-E, if I didn't enunciate clearly. They couldn't wait to break free of the bonds of the church. And, and to be fair to these guys, the church was abusive. I'm not going to say that the church was perfect. It was anything but. It was corrupted. The church had become corrupted and people were just using it for their own benefit like people always do. Just like the Biden administration right now is using the government for, for their own benefit and, and, it, and at our, our cost. This is what human beings do. This isn't unique to religion. This is what happens. You have a human institution that helps mediate uh, an individual's way through this world and this life and allows them to live a life. Those become corrupted because human beings take advantage of good things and they ruin them. That's what we do. Look around. 
This isn't unique to one race. This isn't unique to one institution. This isn't unique to one faith or one political party. This is what people do. You have to get good with the idea that human beings are flawed. And knowing that, you need systems of checks and balances. You need to go in kind of wide-eyed, maybe a little cynical. Like, yeah, that's a great concept. It's a nice ideology, but it'll never freaking work because people are broken and flawed and sinful. And if you're here saying that we've been set free from religion and you don't have to go to church, you're right. You don't have to go into a religious building. But my friend, look around you. Everything has become religious right now. Everything has become a matter of faith. Everything has become the washed and the unwashed, the forgiven, the unforgiven, the sanctified and the unsanctified, the holy and the unholy. And it's all been drawn. These lines have all been drawn thanks to what? To science. Now, I'm not anti-scientific method. I think the scientific method is a good tool for helping us understand the natural world as best we can. But it can't tell us what is true and good and right and moral. And so we've stripped out the one thing that we had that would give us kind of a guide, a guidebook, a map, a North Star. We stripped out God. We stripped out religion so we don't need that anymore. God is dead. We'll do it ourselves. We'll use science to make the world better. We'll solve every problem, overcome every hardship. Feed every mouth, heal every body, will extend lifespan. We're going to make a heaven on earth. That's what they're trying to do right now is make a heaven on earth. And in doing so, they are creating a secular religion. And the problem with this kind of religion is this God is a cold, heartless son of a bitch. God the Father, the God of Israel, Christ, the Holy Spirit, the triune God of Christianity is a loving, forgiving, merciful, kind God. Yes, he's pure and holy and all-powerful and all-knowing, and he demands purity and perfection. But he also knows at the same time we're not capable of it. That's the whole gospel of Christ is that God became man and did it for us. In him, we can experience this perfection. But this God is a merciful God. He was willing to become one of us to save us. Again, I know I'm proselytizing. I know not all my listeners are believers. I get it. But what I'm just trying to point out here is don't think for a moment that that the enlightenment and that science, you know, everyone's like, F yeah, science. I believe the science. Science for the win. St. Fauci. I mean, that's it. You see St. Fauci, somebody... Uh, some friends from the No Agenda podcast show posted an image on a, on a message board, the No Agenda uh, server, the Mastodon server, noagenda.social, of finding a St. Fauci bumper sticker in the wild. People are putting St. Fauci stickers. I mean, if that doesn't tell you what's really going on, this has become a religion and people are terrified of the death. They're terrified of getting sick and dying. They're terrified of not taking the mask off. Or I should say they're terrified of taking the mask off. They're, they're terrified because the prophets of the religion keep preaching this message and the priests of this religion keep preaching this message 
of fear and manipulation and darkness. The very thing that we were promised we'd be delivered from. We'd be delivered from superstition. We'd be delivered from the manipulation of the evil priests and the wicked Pope. We'd be free, free men and free women able to live life through logic and reason. Oh, there'd be civic organizations and civic pride. And we come together in, in this new era of freedom and enlightenment, understanding the world around us would just, just ripple out into this wonderful experience. You know, cue the Spielbergian ending, the sunshine flowing in, the happy people at the end, joyful. All is going to be well with the world. We were promised that we'd be set free from all that darkness and manipulation and fear. And where are we right now? We're terrified. We're living in the dark. We're weakened. We have been isolated. We are being manipulated. Into what? Into our, into our jail cells. This is worse than the, than the church ever was. Whereas people were terrified of being excommunicated from the church because they thought if that happens and I die, I'll end up in hell. Man, people now, it's like if I'm not allowed into society. If I'm cast out of society, I'll die and I'll never, I'll never live. And if I don't get this vax, I'm going to surely die. It's like the vaccine is like the, is the bread of life. Without the vax, you cannot live. You're, you know, in the faith, it's like your spirit dies. And in this, it's like, you're just dead. It's game over. There's no, there's no redo. You don't get to fire. You don't get to respawn and keep playing the game. Once it's over, it's over. And I talk to Christians and there's people in my own family that they're so terrified of this thing because they won't turn off the news. They listen to the prophets and priests all the time. The Rachel Maddows and the, and, and, you know, fill in all the blanks. I mean, all these people, it's, it's, it's disgusting and it's infuriating that supposedly intelligent people are so small minded and so terrified and so small. Why is that? Well, because they're being manipulated. Science has not delivered us from religion. It has created a more evil, more dark, more dehumanizing religion than we ever had before the Enlightenment. It has prophets and priests in the media, it's scientists, guys like Dr. Fauci, it has its enforcers. It has its power, like the Vatican. You've got Washington, D.C., at least in the U.S. It has its armies to spread the word, the Crusades. It has its holy sacraments, things like abortion, things like the vaccine. You have to embrace these things. It has its feasts and celebrations. We're going to celebrate diversity. We're going to celebrate perversion. And it's remaking things based on its own rules. It'll let you know what marriage really is. It'll let you know what a family really is. Nowadays, two millennials living together, unmarried with two dogs, that's a family. They're, they're doggy parents. Happy Father's Day. I see this bullshit. It's like happy Father's Day to my wonderful, you know, life partner, Bob, uh, he's so good. And here's a picture of, of his two boys, you know, on father's day. And it's, it's like, you know, two pugs and it's like, ah, oh, people. Now I'm not one saying that we should have no religion. 
as most of you know, I, I, I'm a believer in Christ. I, I try to follow him. Not very well at times, not very well often. I should say I'm not anti-religious, but I look around and I'm like, look, if, if, if this isn't a religion, what I'm seeing in the world around me, if this isn't a religion, then I don't know what is. I mean, people are nuts. You ever try to talk to a religious fanatic? I've been watching for a couple of decades now the religious fanaticism in the Middle East. I mean, they, they blow stuff up. I mean, those guys are, talk about crazy. Those guys are crazy. But you ever talk to like a religious fanatic in the U.S.? I remember in the 70s when, you know, like, like the, the, the hippie movement and stuff. And, you know, I was born in the late sixties. So I was just a kid, but I remember in the seventies, like the, the, the hippies and there was all the Jesus people, people were getting turned off of drugs and onto Jesus. And they were, you know, they were still hippies. They were like Jesus hippies. And, you know, everybody was talking about Jesus. They was talking about getting saved, a lot of born again. And all like, it was like, they were nuts. It was, it was in a good way. Like, I'm not saying they were bad, but like they were crazy for what they believed. They were fanatical for what they believed. And a lot of these people, to be fair to them, their life had been transformed. They, they, some of them were prostitutes. I, I've met some of these people. I mean, they were prostitutes. Some of them were drug addicts. Some of them were runaways. I mean, there were just all kinds of stuff, these poor people. And once they, once they got on God, <laughs> their life changed in amazing ways. And now they're, you know, husbands, wives, grandparents now, you know, they, they had like, they were able to get cleaned up. They got jobs. I mean, there's some really beautiful stories, but if you ever talk to a, a true religious fanatic, like they can't, it doesn't matter what you say. There's sometimes like a Jehovah witness will come to the door and, uh, and I haven't had this happen in a while, but I play with them cause I kind of know my Bible. Uh, and so I'll ask them some questions and we'll, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll play ball. You know, I'm like, well, you know, but if you talk to a religious fanatic, even when you give them very concrete evidence that their position is wrong, I mean, really concrete, it doesn't matter. They, they can't hear it. They can't see it. They can't accept it. And they just come back with their thing. Boom, boom, boom. Because they're not, they're not in a mode of thinking about anything. They're not in a mode of considering anything. They're being driven by their lizard brain or something else. Something else is driving them. And they're not thinking. They're just, they're just a certain way. They're just reacting and responding. I, I think, you know, that's, that's a religious fanatic. We've got those people now. They're secular. They, they claim there is no God. They, they'll argue with you day in and day out that, you know, they're atheists or, or, you know, some of them say, Hey, well, I'm a, I'm an agnostic. I don't really know, but they're pretty hardcore. Like there is no God. It's a material world, whatever. That's fine. But like, they're so, they're not thinking. When you put data points, I'm talking CDC data points on the table. They, they, people can't hear it. They can't see it. They're wound up. They need more government. They need communism. We need to get rid of capitalism. We need to get rid of inequity. You know, all black lives, all black people are good. All cops are bad cops. You know, anybody that's a Republican's a fascist Nazi. You know, you got to get your jab. You got to get two jabs. Now you need three jabs. If you don't get a jab and you don't have a passport, you should not be allowed to participate in society. But on the other hand, if you're a child molester, you shouldn't have to go on record because that's your privacy. If you're an AIDS patient, you shouldn't have to list that on a job application because that's your private information. It's like, it's so irrational. There's no thinking happening. Folks, this is a religion. And unfortunately, the problem with this religion compared to a faith like Christianity is there's no true hope. 
There's no good God. There's no true salvation. There's no transformation into something better. This one just continues to strip away your humanity one layer at a time until you are a husk of a human, collectivized in a group, enslaved by the elites, and you're demoralized. And at that point, you have to be medicated. There's no way to function in this society without being medicated. Whether you self-medicate through a little bit of alcohol or weed or whatever, or whether the doctor puts you on some pills to take away the pain, you have to be numbed because your humanity, that part of you that, that is made in the image of God is fighting back saying, I am being injured. I am being wounded. This is not how you were designed to be. This is not what you are made to be. We're made to be free men and women healthy, in community with other people, living our lives in a way that's right and good. Unfortunately, this, this secular religion does not provide that. It doesn't give any hope for that. You just become subsumed into the collective. You lose your identity and you become a slave. A fearful, manipulated, small-minded, superstitious slave. Now, I know the people listening to this podcast are not that, but I want to throw that out there for your thought today, for your consideration. Take a look around you. Tell me if this doesn't seem a little religious to you. And maybe bounce that off some people. I mean, if, you, if you're seeing it also, talk to some people about it. The only way that people get out of a cult They have to be delivered. <laughs> they have to be delivered out of a cult. Often they have to be confronted so violently with the truth. And I don't necessarily mean it has to be physical violence, but they have to be confronted with it. The spell has to be broken. And I don't think that being polite to people right now, being winsome with people, being you know thoughtful and patient and mm -hmm, okay, I don't think that works anymore. I think the days for being patient are over. And I'm not saying don't be a good human being to other people. Don't be kind and considerate. I'm not going, you know, saying you should go everywhere screaming at people's face, Trump won. <laughs> but what I am saying is I think we have to take stronger measures to help people wake up around us because they have been in, enslaved. They've been entranced. And I think we have to live free lives. If you have freedom, you need to live that freedom boldly and, and with vigor and with and with goodness so that people can look and go you're different and i want what you have like i see what you have i don't even know what it is there's something about you that's different i want that thing what is that why are you happy why are you happy why are you not fearful what are you you must be crazy what's wrong with you but I, i'm i'm intrigued i think we have to manifest the truth and manifesting the truth may be that way of kind of violently shaking those people out of their slumber. Meaning you don't have to grab them by their lapels and you don't have to be nasty to them. But just refusing to live the lie and insisting on living the truth, even if it costs you your livelihood. It's kind of like the Christian martyrs in the, in the early days of the, or the flag, the waning days, sorry, of the... Uh, of the Roman Empire, where they were being executed, they were being murdered, they were being used as uh, as toys and 
pawns for the gladiator games and so on, but they were willing to die for what they believed in. That was shocking to some people. It's like, what is it about these people that they don't renounce? Why would they not renounce what they believe so that they could live? That seems so strange to me. I'm just saying that we have to be willing to live the truth no matter what. And it doesn't have to cost you everything. You may be fortunate. It may have to cost you nothing. You may do nothing but gain because you live the truth. But if we're willing to live the, the truth regardless, that's a heroic lifestyle. That's a lifestyle that's unique in this world right now. It's, it's noteworthy. People will notice it and they will wonder, what is it about you? And you will have an opportunity to help set other people free. Guys, I love you all. I hope you have a great week and I will catch you in the next episode.